Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Justin, a.k.a. Just Tries, and we're always talking learning, vulnerability, and growth mindset. Check out Just Keep Learning for content and more episodes geared toward helping you not just set goals, but achieve them too. We have a goal to help millions of people be lifelong learners and get their own ambitions off the ground, so be sure to hit us up and let us know how we can help. Our guest today is a leader in personal branding, writing, goal setting, and creativity. She always knew she's a creative at heart, but struggled with the pressures society places on all of us to work in a career that we are good at, but maybe doesn't quite fuel our creative needs. Our guest today is a leader in personal branding, writing, and goal setting. She always knew she's creative at heart, but struggled with the pressures that society places on all of us to work in a career that we are good at, but maybe doesn't quite fuel our creative needs. Once she came to the realization that life is short and every one of us deserves to live a life of meaning, she made a transition toward building things she cares most about. In today's show, we talk about learning, brand building, writing, and overcoming fear. She is one of the absolute best role models I could point you toward online. Please welcome to episode 13 of the Learned Podcast, Amy Blaschka. My first question that I like to ask is if you were going in to introduce yourself to a high school business class, let's say, and the teacher turned it over to you and said, could you introduce yourself to the class, Amy, what would you say? Well, I would say I am a social media ghostwriter and I help leaders craft their stories to communicate and connect better. And in terms of leadership, does that tend to be business in your case? The, the, the folks that hire me tend to be business leaders, certainly, but I believe a leader isn't dictated by title. Everyone is a leader. Everyone can be a leader, regardless of age, regardless of experience, regardless of, you know, like I said, job title. It's really how you move through the world, I think. And if you step up and you speak out and you speak your truth and you take action, everyone is a leader. Everyone has the capacity for leadership. In terms of students kind of wondering, what your experience is in working with some of these businesses or what it looks like to kind of hire you. What is that process for people to start working with you in your current job? So most of the folks um, will reach out to me because they've read something, something resonates. They're like, oh, yeah, I got I really got to get my story down. And so I am a social media ghostwriter, meaning that I work with leaders um, to really Yes, I'm writing, but it's really listening to their stories, listening to what's going on in the world and really crafting those verbal stories into written pieces of communication that are concise and compelling. And it's really about sharing their insights and their wisdom with the world so that others that read that quickly understand who they are, what matters most to them, the value that they bring and how they help others. And you think that would be easy, but it's very difficult sometimes for folks to find the clarity and to be concise with their words and, and just being like, this is who I am and what I do. Oftentimes what goes with that is they will start working with me and regularly be publishing content. We talk on a weekly basis. We have a standing weekly call, of like half an hour. And it's fairly open-ended and organic in that I'm like, so what's going on in your world? Because what we end up writing about, um, it isn't me saying you should write about this. It's us talking about their work life, their home life. You know, it's, it's really hard, especially in these days, everyone's working from home. And, you know, despite this pandemic, it's, there's a very uh, blurring of your world. It's no longer that, oh, business is over here and personal is over here. And it's not to say that you want to air your dirty laundry, everything, but certainly sharing more of who you are in your personal world that, you know, you interacting with your dog or you have a client thing or something happening, there's going to be something that's going to make you more human. It, it will allow and invite others in. So it's good to share that kind of stuff. And when we have those conversations weekly, they do. They're like, oh, this happened. This was an experience that happened. And it isn't always, you know, oh, I'm, I'm so wonderful. Sometimes it's, wow, I fell down or I failed or something didn't go the way I'd planned. But it's really about how they managed to find their way out of that situation, how they overcome adversity, how they handled a difficult um, or disappointment challenging situation. So um, we talk about sort of everyday things. And I think when you do that, you'll be perceived as someone who's actually, yeah, not just a 
you know, untouchable, but you're a real human and that others are really curious. I think that's the thing is people want to connect with real people. They don't want to be sold to. They don't want somebody to jam something down their throat. They, they're really curious because oftentimes there'll be somebody in that leader's audience who's aspiring to do exactly what they're doing. And they'll share a story that encourages them. Oh, okay, I can do it too. Or wow, if she did it, I can do it. Or wow, that's, that's an interesting way of thinking about that. It's, it makes them think and hopefully it helps that listener reader sort of take action to kind of make some changes in their own life. So it's really having that impact. And a lot of my clients that I deal with aren't so much about, wow, I want to be so awesome. It's they want to have an impact, a positive impact on the people they are trying to connect with. So they do that through sharing their own stories and wisdom. And um, when they do that on a regular basis, the other thing that crops up in the other sort of side of what I do in helping um, folks with their stories is if they're sharing on a platform like LinkedIn, which is business to business primarily, right? People will click back. They want to know more about this human being that's putting out this content. And wow, that's kind of cool. I like what he said. And when they click back on their profiles and try to find out more information, when they're met with something that's blank or or very little or it worse, it does not align with the kind of content they're putting out, they'll confuse that person or they'll lose them if they were trying to get them as a connection and to, to work with them, to hire them, to do whatever. So the other half of what I do is helping position them in such a way that they want to be seen. It's, it's really about taking control of what you're putting out there. And so it's, you are very intentional with that messaging about this is who I am. This is what I do. These are the people that I help and what you're asking of them. Do you want to connect with somebody? Do you want to have somebody hire you? Do you want to help them? You know, so it's making it really, really easy. And it's sort of that two-sided thing that when you do that, people come back and they learn more about it. They're like, oh, okay, this makes sense. This aligns with what you're talking about. Okay, great. But if you don't have that, like I said, you'll end up confusing or losing people. And that's never desirable. (laughs) If you're taking the time to put out meaningful content with the intent to connect and have an impact, boy, you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot and, and kind of miss the mark without having something to back that up to tell people more about who you are and why they want to connect with you. Right. I think there's all levels of goals that we have, but no matter what the goal is, confusing is probably going to be a negative thing. I know we'll circle back to talk more about business specifically. I want to talk about learning a bit, but before I do, there was a couple things that you made me think of there. And one was, do you tend to work with people at all levels of their own success journeys? Um, Meaning, would it be people who are already very successful in the business world that you work with, people who are really trying to improve their their business skills, or is it people at the beginning or all of those levels? I've worked with folks at all levels. I will tell you the since the ghostwriting, social media ghostwriting program is a retainer based, they tend to be more on the senior side. The career story stuff is sort of across the board. And the thing is you can be someone who is well into your career, you know, journey, but maybe you're trying to pivot, you know, that you're like, you've been in the same career for a while and you're like, God, I'm really unhappy and I want to do something else, but you need a way to kind of have your um, experience make sense. Or there's someone who, you know, sometimes it's, it's few, but a few folks who have just graduated or newly into their career and they're like, you know what? I've got the drive. I got this. I have, I don't really have a lot of paid experience, but I have some volunteer experience. How can I leverage that in such a way that helps paint a picture for a potential employer of the value that I bring, you know, what can I do? So, um, you know, I, for the folks that I work with on a regular basis, those senior level, um, you know, they can afford me, they can work with me. And what I like to do too, is even if you're not in a position that you have sort of the budget to work with a senior writer such as myself, I've had a lot of content, a lot of content about sort of improving your communication, improving your positioning, the things that you can do, the takeaways, the how-tos that you can do it yourself. If you just take a little time, you know, that it's like, okay, these are some best practices. These are some ways that I can really sort of put myself out there in such a way that's going to make sense. And it really, well, we talk about this a lot. It was really about being clear and making it easy for whoever that is that you are trying to attract, whether it's a potential employer, you know, a partner, uh, just a connection, that sort of thing is just really working in that way. Right. No matter what it is. The reason I asked and was curious about the different levels of successful people that you work with was uh, when you mentioned the idea of helping people become more human and make a better human connection. They may have already been financially successful to a certain level, 
And at this point, it's still what matters most in the world. And I think there is kind of a a binary yes or no, I've made it when it comes to money to a certain extent, right? But when it comes to the human connection, kind of never ends. That's right. And I think that's kind of interesting, right? Yeah. And I I think this is the thing that um, there'll be folks that are like, well, I'm successful because I've checked this box and I made a lot of money. Well, that's great, but that's not in the long run really going to fulfill you. And I I will have folks that are very seasoned in their careers and they have made a lot of money. And for them, it's really not about that anymore. They've, They've realized that they've sacrificed the relationships for the transactions, right? They've, they've put the money over the people. And now they're at a point where they're like, huh, either they've had a trigger event or they're so far, you know, that money is not an issue anymore where they're realizing like, yeah, you know what, I'm getting older or, or, I've, or I've plateaued on my success. And that happens too, where they're realizing, oh, I can't just be a jerk. You know, actually you need people to, to become successful and to, and to actually work with others and collaborate. You kind of have to be kind and you have to think about the humans first and you have to put people first. And a way to do that is to communicate with them and connect with them. But they're, they're at a loss. Like, how do I do that? How do I do that? And it's, it's often just being a little vulnerable, like doing things that they're not used to doing, which is sharing parts of their world. Maybe they're like super competitive, fast track. I've always been the first, 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 first. And they've never shared, you know, a stumble. They've never shared publicly something where they struggled. And we'll put together a post and they'll be really nervous. And suddenly they'll get all this engagement because people will be like, oh, me too, you know, or they'll send them private messages. And that alone will allow people to kind of feel like, okay, you know, he understands what I've gone through. He's done it too, or I'm doing the same thing. And that, that sort of opens up the, you know, a place for a conversation and an interaction to take place. And the human to human, yeah, the, at the end of the day, people power business, people power the world, relationships, everything boils down to relationships and how you move through the world and how you treat people is a direct result, I think, of your success. You can only go so far alone and being a jerk. So yes, I think human to human, people matter more than anything. I am biased, but I, I, I believe that to be true. I found it to be true in my own life and with my clients and, and people that are in my world. So yes. Definitely. I can't personally speak to not having to worry about money at all, where I then ask the next question of, okay, what do I want to do with my life? But I have heard a number of people who have even been extremely financially successful and then lost it all or have gotten to this point of financial power where they recognize, oh, if I could go back now, Mm -hmm. one thing I would do differently is probably connect with more friends, family, and build a network that's based more on like you put it, collaboration and friendship, as opposed to trying to sacrifice everything to succeed. So I think I'm sure you help a lot of people who are numbers people, maybe, but aren't necessarily words people. Do you find that? Yeah, yes, most definitely. Um, I mean, the key thing is that they they have a desire to want to do that, even if they're like, I'm not great at this. You know, I do. I have a um, few like management consultant types and things that are very fine, even like financial, like that's what she does. Like this is her world. And we joke about it. And she's very kind and compassionate, a a, a terrific human being, but she's like, it's just, how do I, you know, my mind is with math and numbers, Amy, which of course is the inverse of my mind. (laughs) So I'm like, Hey, it's okay. That's why we're together. We have complimentary skill sets. I can help you. You know? So yes. And most definitely it's, you know, it's one of these things that if I were to go back in time, you know, and I say this very easily now as an older lady, but you know, when I was first graduate, you know, people will tell you things and you're like, eh, whatever. But truly it is, it is who you know and those relationships because that is what's going to help you get ahead. It will reveal opportunities when you invest in relationships. And all that means is really just being trustworthy and kind and being honoring your word, you know, doing things. If you say you're going to do it, you do it. Um, and, and sort of living your world, living your life in such a way that it is not so much about you, but you put others first, you serve, you do do these other things. And it doesn't mean you have to go out of your way to be crazy and, and be a martyr and, and kind of fall on the sword. But as you go through your career, it's really, it, the more that you can do to help others, that comes back to you. And you, you got to think about this as the long game, right? Because the short-term wins, I get it. I mean, I know I was a struggling, starving student and, you know, young worker. I was like, I need to get a paycheck. I need to get paid. You, you know, once you get kind of past that and you, you know, you do what you need to do to get by, but if you keep in mind that it's like, the more I put out there, if I'm kind, if I'm somebody, someone, you, you'll build this reputation as someone who can be counted on, who's a good 
good person who is talented, who, you know, can do things just because instead of looking for reciprocity, looking for, well, if I do this, like sort of tit for tat, if I do, it's just do it because it's the right thing to do. Um, that comes back to you. And people will remember that and be like, oh yeah, that Justin guy, he's a good guy. You know what? I'm going to throw something his way. I think maybe he could help these people. And, you know, I know I do it with folks all the time now that I'm on kind of the other side of it. It's like, you know, if I can't help them. I always refer to other folks. Oh, here's maybe you should talk to this guy or maybe this woman can help you. And, you know, because I want to help people. And if even if I can't, it's not about like, oh, pay me or, you know, go away. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it all circles back. I'm a big believer in karma too. It's like, you, you get, you're going to get back what you put out there. So make sure it's positive and kind, you know? Yeah, we're certainly so aligned on so many of these things. I think to me, when people ask about it, I just remind them, get into more like logotherapy stuff and meaning and existentialism. And why are we here anyways? And if it's just to win a game, then like you said, that's not fulfilling long term. So I think that's hugely helpful for anyone listening. You brought us back in time a little bit by bringing up being a student and going back to when you were younger, as you put it. So let's talk a little bit about being students. I know that you have teenager yourself and that high school is something that I think your mindset could help a lot of people learn. What do you think is the most important thing that youth learn when it comes to school these days? What do they learn or what should they learn? <laughs> what should they learn? I think, you know, it's one of these things. Traditional education is such that it is really based on their, you know, teachers are being forced to, they're teaching to a book or to a test or to this. And teaching isn't, it's not the same as learning. So I think as a student, you do what you need to do because, you know, if you want to, okay, I want to do well in this class, I've got to do this. But the more that you can sort of use your brain and kind of question and think and follow your curiosity, even if you're, you're like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I, you know, I wasn't 100% certain. Like some people I know, I used to feel really upset and jealous that it's like those people that, oh, they're, you know, 16 years old and they know exactly what they want to do. They have it mapped out, right? I was not that person. I, I pretty much knew what I didn't like and didn't want to do, but I wasn't exactly clear on well, what is it. But but the thing is, that's okay. I think as long as you follow that curiosity and you read or explore and look in, and there's so much available now, so much more so than when I was a kid um, or a teenager that you can you know self-educate. You can kind of find those things that sort of speak to who you are. And I think now more than ever, you're not limited into certain career pathways, right? So much, especially our world's changing every day. And what you might end up doing as a job or a career may not even exist. Maybe you might create that and that's awesome. You know, you might combine two things that are very different seemingly, but it's like you find a way to do that if there's a need and sort of, so it's sort of paying attention to what really sparks your interest and then kind of what does the world need? And that may drive you down a few different paths. And I think the other thing is don't be afraid to follow those. And if, if they're not what you thought, okay, big deal. You explored it. And I will tell you, it's far better to do that earlier in life, to kind of explore and kind of see if this is something and try different things and realize, you know, sooner than later, don't spend two decades in a career that you hate, you know, that you're like, oh, well, my mom told me I should do this or my parents, you know, or a teacher said I should do this. I mean, at the end of the day, your life is your own, your choices, you always have choices. And yes, you need to earn money eventually so you can be self-sufficient, but life is too short to be miserable. And I know I spent a long time doing things that I was technically good at, but really did not fulfill me. And, you know, and that's a shame, but you can't go back. So it's just, just follow those things that you love. If there's something in school, if there is a teacher, if there is a subject, if there's something that you're like, opens your eyes, like, wow, that's really cool talk to that person because there's always at least one teacher. I feel like there's always at least one cool teacher and cool is relative, right? Everybody, depending on your interest level. Like for me, it was not like I had a cool math teacher. They were fine. I did well, you know, but you know, if you have somebody who you're like, oh, and you know, sometimes it's just that little encouraging nudge from someone who says, yeah, do that. I mean, and, and talk to them. I was so shy. I was not the kid that was going to raise my hand and or approach a teacher after class and be like, hey, can you give me career advice and that sort of thing? I wasn't that kid, you know? And I think a lot of teens, you know, young people kind of feel the same way, like you're bothering somebody or you're just nervous to do that. But I will tell you now, like I said, now that I'm on the other side of it, anybody that takes the time to genuinely ask like for help or something, 
I'm always going to try to steer them in the right direction because I know how hard it is. I've lived that. I know it's really to muster up the courage to kind of say, what would you do or what? So there, there are a few folks that I've um, done that with privately who just reached out to me and was like, I don't know what to do. And, you know, it's not that I have all the answers, but I think most of the time what I end up doing is just sort of confirming what they knew all, all along. And sometimes you just need someone else to be like, yeah, stay, stay the course. That's, you know, trust yourself. And that's trust yourself, right? I mean, you probably have an inherent thing inside that you're like, you know, is it, it what I forget the guy, I always forget his name, but he wrote a book, but this thing is, is it a hell yeah, or is it a no? And you'll know right away. Like you put something out there. Is this a hell yeah? If you're like, yeah, then keep going. And if it's a, mm, yeah, then maybe not. So I don't know if I answered your question. We talked, I kind of talked around and around and around about this. With that question. It's so deep and in a way broad, too, because there's so many possible answers when it comes to the idea of following dreams and, as you put it, pursuing curiosity. When it is a hell yeah, and people know in their gut it's a hell yeah, what do you think keeps them from pursuing that? Fear. I think um, I will speak to my own experience here because I always knew I, you know, was a creative, but there were those stories that I heard from either teachers or parents or whatever that it's like, well, you know, writing, yeah, and creativity, that, that's a nice hobby. That's not a career. That's not practical. You could never get a job doing that. So, of course, it's like those stories are ringing around in my head like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I guess I could do this on the side and that maybe that's enough. That's enough, right? It's good enough or close enough, you know, get into an industry that is sort of creative, but you're not the creative person in it or do something like that. So I think there's a lot of fear and, you know, fear, fear masquerades, right? Is this thing that protects you, right? Because that's the way we're built is to, you know, if we're feeling fear, it's probably, it's like, okay, the fight or flight sort of, okay, either what do I need to do here? But it ends up being what prevents us from kind of going after what we want in a lot of instances and out of, and that means leaving our comfort zone and kind of saying F you to those negative stories in our head. Like, I don't believe you. Fear's a liar, you know? So it'll make you believe like, oh, this is fine. It's this, you know? And then like time passes. I will, time passes, uh, you know, a month, a year, a decade, you know, it'll go by and you'll think, okay, it's fear. Fear stagnates people. It makes them procrastinate. It tells them it's, eh, you don't really want to do that. That, you know, you would never make a living doing that. You don't, don't chase your dreams. That's not practical. I think particularly if, you know, you've come, it's not someone you've come from money. If you're like, Hey, I need to work. I need to do this. My family's not rich. I, you know, I, you know, come from very modest means that you understand it's like, okay. And then you feel like, Maybe I'm being selfish, you know, if I'm trying to go after something I really want. Maybe I'm, and if you're, you know, whether it's for your family or whatever, you're like, oh, doing that means, you know, I'd have to sacrifice something else. Um, so in a word, it's fear, which is unfortunate. But I think the, the way around that is to just acknowledge it and recognize it. And you may not even realize that you're doing that to yourself, that you're sort of putting your life on hold and putting your sort of dreams on hold. It's like, you know, and here's the other what is the worst that could happen? Particularly if you're a young person, like try something and who cares if it doesn't work out, then you know what you learned. Don't do that again. Try something else. And I think that's the thing that people don't understand. It's, it's just that, that moment of just take that leap, you know, try something and see. And it's really, even though in the moment I know it feels like, oh my God, I'm going to die. You know, it won't matter five minutes, five, you know, months, five years from now. And if you keep doing that and trying some different things, you'll learn really quickly. Okay. That's the best way to go about this. Or wow. I, you know, there's always learning to be had especially from the so-called mistakes that we make. So, you know, things that you don't learn in books, things that you don't learn in school, it's real world sort of, oh, and you'll learn so much more about yourself, which I think is invaluable. I I think that's the thing is that, you know, we can get more esoteric, but self-awareness is huge. I, I really didn't have a sense of that until I was much older. And it wasn't even a term that I heard bantied about when I was younger. I wish somebody would have said that to me, said, you know, to really examine yourself and sort of how you move through the world and what matters most to you and, and sort of, and your own energy and how you affect others. You know, it's, everything is interconnected. Um, so your happiness, if you are fundamentally unhappy in your life, that will eke out in different ways. And you'll sort of put out that sort of negative energy that may repel the people that could help you. So it's really to kind of step back, pause and go, okay, you know, what do I really want? How am I kind of putting myself out there? Am I really doing this? And a lot of times I think it's just a lack of self-awareness. And then there's the fear that's coupled with that. So it's sort of the one, two punch of 
a bummer, you know, but they can be overcome, which is the good news. Well, and you, you brought up dreaming big fear, curiosity, and you did say esoteric. So a lot of these these big ideas. And what's interesting for me is that I completely agree with everything you're saying. Uh, we also talked about copywriting. So when I think about uh, bringing these two together, a lot of times I'll put stuff out there or when I try and create something, people will say it's too woo woo or we'll get that kind of feeling of like, Oh, no, that's too vague. Like a dream is too vague. And I'm like, it's actually extremely specific. <laughs> a lot of people just don't know what it means. And so if we did try and give people tangible things that can help them overcome that fear, like let's say we made a little checklist for this teen who wants to dream big. They believe in what you're saying. So checklist one is they listen to this podcast episode. But what are some other like things that we could potentially tell them to make sure is part of their life to help them overcome when they don't have you as their person on their shoulder? So the first question I ask all my clients and it's a good one is, is, and this applies to every human being is what do you want? Because I think fundamentally you need to figure out what do you want? And that can apply in terms of like, what do you want to do in terms of a profession or career? It's, you know, what are your dreams? What do you want? Do you want to become, you know, what is it that you want? Because you really need the, before you do anything, you really need to answer that question. So you have the clarity on, okay, these are my goals. This is what I want. And when you keep that front and center, when you have that and you know, okay, I want to be a, I want to do this, whatever, then you can kind of create the roadmap of things to support that. The next question is, what do I want? And then, you know, what are the elements in my life that are going to help me get there or, you know, make me deviate from that path to get there? And the elements in your environment, in your, in life, aren't just the, what's my job or what am I studying in school? It's the people often. And the people that you are hanging out with have a tremendous influence over you. And I love my friends. They're great. And my family too. But sometimes there are those members of a family or friends that aren't the most supportive, positive, sort of those people that are going to help align you with those goals and what you want. And you need to be cognizant of that. And if they are toxic or they're just really not supportive, it doesn't mean you need to cut them out of your life, but you certainly should keep in mind like, okay, I know when I spend time with this person, I feel crappy or I don't this, or maybe I don't talk about my dreams with that person. And we just keep it kind of surface level. And then I look at adding other elements to my world that support that. So it's really setting yourself up for success. What do I want? And then, okay, take an audit of, okay, who in my life, you know, kind of supports that. And do I have the right people in my life? Sometimes you don't, maybe you're like, oh, okay. Especially if you decide that, wow, this is something that no one in my world has ever tackled before. Trust me, I know. It's a, you know, oh, that's a nice to have, but nobody can, you can't really confide in anyone. You need to go outside, maybe um, find those folks, you know, at school, uh, you know, business, whatever in the world that you're like, oh, I kind of dig what they're doing or, or really like what they're putting out there. And that will influence you. And then you can kind of follow that. And when you have those sort of little injections of, of energy and kind of boosting you up into what you do, then you feel like, ah, so it's that. And then, you know, the things that you do, like, wow, let me ask myself. And again, it's coming back to awareness is what I'm about to do going to support my goal or is it going to really detract? And that could, like I said, it could be a job. It could be a, a class you take. It could be an activity. You know, how am I spending my time? So, Hey, it's really easy to get lost on social media. And I'm on social media a lot. I'm a social media ghostwriter, but it's sort of that that intentionality, right? Of I am doing this because I'm researching something or I'm learning something, I'm reading something, I'm watching a video, I'm listening to a podcast. Those types of things that are going to help you. Um it's really important to be mindful. So, you know, the the first thing is what do I want? And the second thing is, okay, is this fill in the blank, person, activity, whatever, supporting me or not, and then adjust accordingly. So those are the kind of those top three, very general, but I think they apply in most situations. So it's, you know, and and depending on where you are, you, you know the answers to that. Someone who's listening right now is like, oh, they just had that aha moment of, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I have that person in my life that maybe shouldn't be. You know, so. Yeah. And one thing at that stage that I personally teach is the uh, understanding and appreciation of unconditional love. And I'll give a quick example. Last night I spoke on Google Meet. It was amazing. I coached my uncle on how to use Google Meet from across the, he's in Idaho, right? And I'm in Ottawa, Canada. And he just got out of jail for the first time in a long time. 
um, you know, has burned many bridges. I'm a busy person, but I can budget my time to be able to hop on a call with him for 10 minutes and keep that unconditional connection. A lot of times when I've coached people through the process of doing a, a, a peer audit, if you will, they think that it's an either or like I need to cut them out and they're going to hate me or right. And it, it's more about how is it impacting your goals and how to we, how do we be unconditional while still having it support your goals? You, you really made me think of another thing, too, when you brought up the idea of feeling bad about things. I know you wrote a Forbes article on guilt or at least one that I've seen in terms of kind of giving people permission to pursue their big dreams. Why is that so important? Because I think we hear so many negative things that it's, you know, at the end of the day, it it really comes down to you are responsible for your choices and your actions. And you really can't blame external forces like, oh, well, I do this, you know, when this happens or when this person or whatever, it's you don't need anyone's permission to start and you don't need to shout it to the world either. I, you know, I think that's the thing that people feel like, well, if I, if I have a big dream, then do I have to announce it? And what if I fail and then I look stupid, right? I'll get ridiculed. You don't, there's, you're under no obligation to share your plans with the rest of the world. If you want to, fantastic. Some people use that as a, a sort of an accountability measure where it's like, well, if at least a friend or I put on social media, then the whole, then I have to do it. And for some people that works, but you don't have to do that. I think it's just coming to the realization. It's like, give yourself permission to do what you want to do and try that it's okay. And, and, you know, if, and when you stumble a bit, be kind to yourself. I think that's the thing. There's so many people, and this is what I struggle with most as much as I write about it and talk about it is that self-compassion and self-care and being okay. Like I am the most compassionate person and encouraging person to everyone else out there, but somehow I'm holding myself to a higher standard. Like, yeah, but I screwed up. So It's like, okay, Amy, come on, step back. Like, what would you say to a trusted friend? And when you consider it that way, if you treat yourself the way you would a trusted friend, if you talk to yourself the way you would a trusted friend, your best friend, what would you say to your best friend? You wouldn't be like, you shouldn't do that because that sucks. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. No, you would be, I hope you wouldn't say that to a friend. You would say, wow, you know what? Why not? You should do it. I believe in you. And, you know, it's, it's taking that first step when you can overcome sort of that those negative stories that are twirling in your head and give yourself permission to do that and not feel bad about it. It's not selfish to pursue your dreams. There's nothing selfish about that. I mean, in fact, I would argue the inverse that you not using your, you know, talents at their highest and best use is depriving the world of something. So, you you know, when not doing that, you can actually be selfish because the world needs what you've got. Everybody is individual and has this unique perspective and point of view, and they see the world through a completely different lens, right? Your the sum of your experiences and everything can contribute to this world in a very unique way. And when you deny the world of that, you do them a disservice, you know? And um, I will tell you, once you get past that hump and you start sharing against the world, even if you're like, well, it comes easy. Oh, this is the other thing. If it comes easy to you, you are probably discounting the value of that gift. And I, and I, you know, Justin is nodding his head because he agreed, but this is the thing. And I, I see this in my clients all the time. And I know I did this forever and I see it in my daughters and, you know, I, I call it out when I see it because, oh, well, you know, this comes easy to me that this, everybody, it comes easy to everyone. You assume because it comes easy to you. It's natural. It's quick. You don't have to think it's very simple. Oh, well, no one would find that valuable because everybody, no, that is not the case. Not everyone can do what you do. Not everyone can be a sharp and have those gifts. So don't discount them. If it's something that you like and comes easy to you, that's like ding, ding, ding. That should be something that you should pay attention to. There are people that are looking for that skill set, that wish they had it, that they want something complimentary. And we talked about my one client who is very much math and numbers and this. And I will tell you, it's like, you know, she thinks that, oh, well, you know, everybody can do this. That's not, no, I can. That's not the case. You're amazing. So I think that's the thing too, is to realize that you do have a gift. You do matter. You are worthy. Those gifts are worth pursuing. So please do that. If only to, you know, so you can say for yourself how amazing they are. And you will, once you kind of step into that and you are doing that on a regular basis, you'll get the feedback from folks to be like, oh, that's so cool. And you'll still be like, like wondering, like, really, really? Like, but I just, but I just did this. And when you find yourself saying things like, I, it's just this, it's not, it's it, that's, that's a gift. That's something you, you should pay attention to. And that and it matters. 
So yes, please, please give yourself. I'm giving you permission. If you need someone to give you permission, (laughs) Auntie Amy is saying, yes, you have permission. Please do this. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why I said when they don't have this podcast, uh, you know, running every day or they don't have you on their shoulder, those those items. And I think all of those things will very much help. You made me think of a lot of business things before we go down the business specific route. I did want to ask when you kind of made that transformation and started allowing yourself to dream. Do you remember anything or any moments that stand out that really helped you get over that specifically in what you were doing before to what you're doing now? I always had this sort of sense, right? I always knew, even as a kid, I was a creative, born to be a creative person, but I was scared, you know, because nobody else in my world was that, you know, a professional creative person. And so I, you know, I kind of stayed on the periphery. I was like, oh, whatever, I'll work in advertising, work in branding. Okay, close, but not exactly. But it wasn't until I connected with a fellow writer, now he's a good friend, who who really kind of opened my eyes to be, he's like, Amy, he's like, do you you like to write? Yes. He's like, you're a good writer. You're a writer. You you are a writer. You are creative, Amy. You need to like, it was just sort of that, like things that I knew inherently, but was too afraid to kind of own up to. So that a pivotal moment was, you know, you're a writer. You need to write. You need to do this. But how, how do I make that transition? And the answer is it's messy and it's, it starts slow, but you just start and you get to that other side. So, I mean, I think that's it. And then once I started doing that, I mean, I'm not evolved enough to to say that, oh, it, you know, the, the you know opinions of other people don't matter. Of course they did, especially when I was doing something that I felt was so vulnerable when I was putting myself out there with something that I hadn't shared with the world, but was very important to me, like the writing that I do. And when when people started commenting and I was getting feedback and, you know, of course, you'll have a few trolls along the way. But by and large, it was it was positive. And for me, it was hearing from others that what I shared made a difference. It helped them in some way. It was because of you, because of what you wrote, I did X. I found the courage to do this. I'm on a quest for my own self-discovery. I did this. And, you know, I say this a lot that words have power, but, oh, and I'm obviously biased as a writer. Of course they have power, but you can use them for good. And so that set me on the path. And then when I started working with clients, even though I am a writer, it was very much counseling them with the same sort of thing. I, you know, it was about kind of educating them and saying, and, and I saw that when they did these things too, they felt good. They felt like they were stepping into who they really were meant to me when they were sharing what they were doing. So it just sort of crystallized like, yeah, like I was born to to do this. To and, and my why is inspiring transformation. So it's all about like, gosh, you know, that's what gives me the jazz as my dad would say. That's what gets me kind of like, oh my God, my God, you know, and, and juiced up. And when I talk about it and, you know, even if people can't see me right now, I'm animated with hands flying everywhere because it's like, I believe so much in potential and it's such a travesty, you know, when people, and I see that they, they have potential and the possibilities and they fail to see it in themselves. So I really, really want people to, to, to see their own brilliance. And I love that I'm a part of kind of helping bring that to light for them. And when I'm helping them with their stories or even just on a phone call that it's like, Oh, you know, like, like they were never told, which is a shame. So sometimes I'm the first person pointing out to them stuff that they, they kind of felt and knew, but it's just validating in some sense that it's like, Oh, okay. And then once they, they do the work they do, they're, they're getting other people kind of on the same boat. So it's, it's really wonderful sort of ripple effect that happens when you do it in a positive manner. So I I mean, it was really that first encouraging nudge from my friend who said, you should do this, which, you know, now I do to all these other people like, yeah, you can do this. You can do this sort of thing. Because I will tell you, if you, if you, you have two ways to kind of view the world, right? Through, you know, fear or love, you know, is general sort of terms. And fear doesn't get you very far and you're going to be pretty unhappy. You go through love and support and all that. That's that like set my sails on fire. You know, I was just on my way. So, you know, that's probably the single biggest sort of thing that happened. And it was literally, it was another human being, right? We get back to human to human. That's what made the difference for me. I think that is just a huge lesson to remind people that, well, not only that you are paying it forward now, which is awesome for people to see because you don't have to do that, but that (laughs) surrounding yourself with the right people again. And quick story from my end is that I specifically teach youth who either struggle with mental illness, addiction, uh, crime to the point where they're in jail, uh, teen moms and homelessness. And so within that, I've seen so many stories and a lot of the girls who have been involved in human trafficking come to mind Mm -hmm. at the front of my mind right now. 
But what's fascinating is when you get working with them, you pretty darn quickly, if you can build trust, realize that those sparks are all still there. Yeah. They, they maybe have been human trafficked for three years, uh, developed opiate addictions or something, and they're 10 years into this recovery phase. And yet that those sparks are still there mm-hmm. uh, and had one write a poem called Embers Ooh. because she talked about her embers still being there. And if she could just find a way to light them. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. And, and but it is fascinating. It doesn't take a lot at that point if you start giving them that human to human rebuilding of confidence. So I've definitely seen it firsthand. I know something that we both have in common is that we pick words for the year kind of thing as like a a life success strategy, maybe for lack of a better term. And I feel like you often use bees because I know we've also talked about the concept of badass before. Take me back to when that was your word of the year. This was around the time that I was kind of making this transition into being a full-time writer. And like most people making a transition, I'm scared, you know, I'm excited, but a little scared. So my last name is Blaschka and I picked badass and you know, a badass doesn't let anyone give them a hard time, right? They're not easily dissuaded. They, you know, they don't get deterred. They don't give up, right? It's really about being fearless. And at a time when I was feeling very vulnerable and kind of like, Ooh, what can I do? Just using badass. I mean, badass Blaschka, you know, that it was very empowering and, and people laugh, you know, and there's the, I love that there's alliteration, right? Badass Blaschka. It's, it's, it's fun. It's memorable, right? From a writer's perspective, but it, What's funny is that even though it was a few years ago, it stuck with me and people really glommed onto it, probably because it resonated with them. Not so much about me, but it was more like, hey, I can be a badass too, you know, in their own way to the point where I had a friend mail me a card that said badass that I have framed in my office right now that my sister, you know, gave me a necklace kind of like the one I'm wearing that had badass it, for one of my birthdays. And you know, everybody is badass, badass. So you get cards. My my mom even would text me. She was flying somewhere in an airport and there was a, you know, a book that had bad. She took a picture of it and texted me a picture. My mom, you know, it's like, okay. So it was, it kind of sunk in. And, and there's a whole group of my friends, social media friends that refer to me still as badass Blashka. And, you know, even though every year I switch my word up, that one in particular, I feel like that was kind of that turning point for me. So it does hold a special place in my heart. I forever aspire to be a badass in, in only in that way about being kind of a fearless human being and just sort of chasing my dreams and not letting anyone talk me out of this. Right. And just kind of feeling like, yeah, and kind of sprinkling a little of that badass powder out into the universe. You know, it's like, yeah, you can be a badass too. <laughs> badass pixie dust. Right. <laughs> exactly. I uh, I can appreciate it. I have purged most everything that I have left over from high school or college in terms of like stuff, like posters and things. But I have a couple things left. And one was uh, like a little magazine cutout of the definition of badass from one of the strength coaches that I looked up to a lot back in the day. Really? Oh. And uh, I'll have to pull it out because I don't remember the exact definition, but you definitely hit on some similar aspects of it. Yeah, it says badass and then it's done like a like you would see in a dictionary it says d-e-f-n you know and the apostrophe and then gives the definition and it's very similar to what you just said so i think that it's so important for people to have that sort of word the the value that they can can live by for a while i think it does help a lot so i just wanted to go down uh before we wrap the idea of business a little more specifically and you mentioned that when you have a gift that you have to be sharing that with the world I think, I know, having coached a lot of people and been there myself, that the idea of monetizing what we put into the world of social media can make people anxious, right? They think free content is so Mm. valuable. I don't need to charge anybody. I can put this all out there into the world, whether it's podcast, Mm -hmm. post, or YouTube video, doesn't matter. I just want to help the world. I don't expect to make anything versus building a business that actually monetizes if somebody was coming to you saying they wanted to start a business, what what would your your tips kind of be? Well, see, I can I believe you can do both with I mean, I'm a social media ghostwriter. So I, you know, obviously people are paying me to ghostwrite things for them that they can post on social media, but I post a ton of content on social media for a few reasons, right? One, because it's about who I am, right? I'm an inspiring transformation. I want to help others. I want to have a positive impact too. As a ghostwriter, practically, I can't share any of my clients' work because 
confidentiality. But I think the thing is, there is a difference between serving and selling. And when you are sharing things on social media, I would say if you always lead with the sales message that you're like, buy me, buy this, buy my service, buy my product, buy whatever, you will quickly turn people off. No, nobody cares, right? I mean, it's it, because it becomes very much about you versus them. And it's not about you. It's always about your intended audience. You have to figure out what matters most to them, where they hang out, what what are they dealing with, and, and how the intersection of kind of what you do, how you can solve a problem for them. So if you focus on your content, serving and providing value in some way to that audience, and and you don't have to speak to everyone. That's the thing. It's it's not about trying to please the masses because if you try that, you will never you'll never do that, right? You can't please everyone. But if you know who 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 am I speaking to? Like what do I want and who 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 wants this? And then you put stuff out there that is really targeted to that that group of people, those folks, that you'll know pretty quickly if, if that's something that's going to resonate with them because they'll engage with your content, they'll do this, but you do that on a regular basis. And maybe once in a while you throw something in or you have a tag at the end of a video or a podcast or, you know, an article or a post that you're like if you'd like help doing this, whatever. But it's you showcase how you can help, but you don't have to be the hard sell of like you know, buy this, do this. Cause I don't know about you, but anyone who's like sends DMS and stuff that's really all sales focused and related. It's, I don't, I don't respond well to that. I don't want, I wouldn't do that. I don't want people to do that to me. Why would I do that to them sort of thing? So you put yourself in somebody else's shoes and kind of think about that. But, um, it's not to say that you should not sell. You need, you have a business practically, you need to have clients, you need to have customers, that sort of thing. But I think in terms of how you use social media, if you consistently put up valuable content, it doesn't mean you have to give away the farm, but it's okay to share things that are valuable because you're basically just giving away like the tip of the iceberg, right? The things that we've talked about on this podcast are things that, you know, if somebody's like, oh, that's it, you want to intrigue them. You want them to learn more. You want to give them enough that they can do something and maybe have some actionable takeaways, but to do anything of larger scale, they probably need your help, right? That's sort of my philosophy is really about serving, not selling so much. But certainly I have, I get all my clients through social media. I have not ever, ever, ever taken out an ad or posted something that is purely promotional and sales, you know, it's not because it doesn't really work. And what what what's nice about that too, is if you are post or publishing stuff on a regular basis about sort of what matters most to you in your area of expertise, people then come to associate you with that subject matter as an expert. And then when they do come to you, it's already, they, and they do come to you. They're already warmly, they're interested in you rather than, so it's more of a, a pull and attraction versus push, 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 you know? Yeah. Which, uh, for anyone with relationship or even friendship skills, you know, anywhere else in society, that's how it tends to work best, right? You don't go into that sports team or even into a dating app or something or a dinner trying to really, really, you know, get everybody's attention. It becomes that idea of just being a good person and you'll attract the people you you want to attract. Now, I do think it, it's interesting because people will do that for years without selling or you know, a lot of people, I've heard people say it even to me, well, you don't really own a business because you don't sell anything. And I think that people do get trapped in that to give people the confidence when it comes to starting to sell. What are some tips you would give in the, in the world of sales? I mean, I think it's really coming back to figuring out what they need. And the other thing is, if you're not right, if your skill set, if your experience isn't right for them, you're probably better served and they are too, to just say, you know what? It sounds like you need this. I do this. And probably we may not be the right fit for this, but let me try to find somebody, if you can, refer them to somebody else. Because I feel like people appreciate that rather than you just taking something on because I need the money or whatever. Oh, yeah, sure. I can do everything. You know, I can do this. I can do that sort of thing. And I know it's tempting, particularly if you're like hurting for money or sales. But it's again, it's it's really a long game. And, you know, if you can just focus on sort of those one to two things that are really your core offerings and what you do and make it crystal clear to others that this is what I do rather than sort of be nebulous and sort of, oh, I can do everything. I can write everything. It's it's far better to, and it sounds counterintuitive to really focus, say, this is what I do, because then it'll weed out the ones that you're like, ah, if you're really clear on, this is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do. This is how I help. Then the people that are looking for that 
know that, yes, indeed, you're the right person for me rather than, oh, I don't know, maybe could you do this? Maybe could you do that sort of thing? And even it's not to say that once you get a client, maybe with the one or two offerings that you have, you can't do other things. That certainly happens with a lot of my clients where they'll hire me to be their social media ghostwriter, but then they're like, you know what, you really seem to understand my voice. You understand this. Can you help me with X, you know? And so there's some other stuff. It doesn't mean you can't, but if you lead with your strengths, if you lead with and have clarity on those things, it does make it easier for people to the right people to get to you versus because it's there's no point in having a hundred people come to you if none of them are really wanting to hire you for what you're putting out there. It's better to have 10 people and, and kind of find that one client. So it's it's really about clarity and being consistent, making it easy for someone to understand what you do and the value you bring, because not every person is going to be the right client or customer for you. They can't possibly be. But the more that you have that, and once you do establish a client base, you can also ask your clients for referrals, ask them for testimonials, ask them for things. So, you know, that they know they've had the experience working with you that they're like, oh, do you know anyone else who might need my services? And then, oh yeah. And again, it's asking. It's one of those things like probably if your client's happy with you, they're yeah. Okay. It's not a big sort of ask. And if they don't, or they can't, no, no, whatever. So, um, I think, you know, building that relationship with that client, then, because I've had this too, like referrals, right? People like, oh, you you know, so-and-so you worked with sent me your way. They thought maybe you could help me with this. So it's, that's great because then you become top of mind and then other folks and it kind of goes out from there. Yes. If I go to hire a copywriter, I will know where to go first. (laughs) That's for sure. I think you have a lot of strengths and obviously one of them is in copywriting. For people who maybe have never heard that term, though, how would you define copywriting? So I I wouldn't call myself a copywriter. So I will tell I will kind of help define a few things. So copywriter, I tend to think of somebody they're they're, a copywriter is someone who writes copy. But typically a copywriter is going to be writing the type of copy that will convert somebody or ask somebody to do something. They're causing an action, right? So I mean, some of some of what I'm doing is that, but it might be that they are writing an email sales campaign. They might be writing web copy where, you know, they click here, they do this. It's more, it can be more sales related and transactions and trying to get, you know, potential customer copy to do something with that. Advertisements, you know, certainly are are written by copywriters and that's cool. Like it's be able to have the words and use your words in such a way that compels somebody to action is an amazing skill set. So part of what I do is that I would say because I focus so much on serving, not selling and, and asking my clients and advising them to do that, the type of writing that I'm doing, it's ghostwriting only meaning that, you know, I'm writing words for them that they have spoken is more about probably closer to just writing content for them, but it's really, it's, it's sharing more in a narrative format. So, um, telling a story, that sort of thing. Um, it's really not with the intent, direct intent to sell something, but it's really about positioning them as desire. It's more about branding per se, about sharing what matters most to them and their value set and stories. So people can know, like, and trust them more so. Uh, whereas I would say copywriting is probably more about compelling someone to take an action, usually selling or clicking a button or joining a webinar or do, you know, something like that. Is that, is that clear? Yeah. I think there's a pretty distinct difference. If somebody wanted to get into that field, you know, they, they hear what you're saying. They themselves are good writers. They're creative, but they don't know where to start in terms of getting into that field. What would be some potential next step? So I've had a very nonlinear path to do this, but uh, certainly if you know right now you love writing, I mean, you probably just want to get as much exposure and experience doing it as you can. So that's two different things you can do. You can just, you know, the internet is your, you know, the world is your oyster. Basically, you can write and publish content on various mediums, whether it's your own blog and then share it through your social media channels. Um, You can write on places like Medium, Thrive Global, that sort of thing. So you you want to have the practice of writing and expressing yourself and honing your craft. So certainly do that. The other thing is if you want to be hired to do that by a company, um, you could certainly go the route of advertising. Uh, I worked in advertising for many years, but not as a copywriter, but they have copywriters there. You can work with a publishing house or another you know, content engine, that sort of thing, and be hired to do that. But I will tell you, before you can be hired, 
and paid to write for somebody else, you need to have a body of work yourself that has been previously published. So be sure to put things out, articles, short form, all different stuff, whatever is your specialty, but you want to have a body of work because inevitably someone will be like, great, I want to interview you for this position. And they'll ask, well, where have you published? You know, can you send me some samples, that sort of thing. And it always is better to have something already published. So use your time to kind of express your thoughts and write. And if you know, you know, that, oh, I specialize, maybe you're a technical writer, which is a very, it's more niche where it's really about technology, different things that it's, it's less about kind of writing I would do like narrative and kind of, you know, conversational. It's a very specific language. Or if there's a specific industry that you're interested in working um, with or for, write to that. But if it's, it's really, you know, you can be more journalistic, which is, you know, a story. You can be so, something that's more about business. You can be a school. It's really sort of pick sort of your wheelhouse um, that makes sense. And if you don't know, that's okay. You can have a variety of things. But the idea is that if the end goal and what you want is to have somebody pay you to write either as your own sort of consultant person or hired by a company to be staff writer or independent contractor or an employee, you'll always need to have something that you can showcase. So it becomes your portfolio. It becomes sort of your calling card because just telling somebody, hey, I'm a writer, they're like, great. What have you written? That's the next follow-up. And where where can I read what you've written? Because they want to get a sense of your style and your range and that sort of thing. Because much like anything else, you you know, you're not, not the right writer for everything. You want to find something that aligns with sort of your skill set and your interest level. And they want to, you know, figure out, okay, are you the right person for the job? And the only way to do that is to read what you've previously published. So start building that, I would say. Publish, if you haven't already published those things that you have sort of in your drive, like do it now, find a way to do that. Make sure that it's, you know, spell checked and you run it through something like Grammarly.com, which is awesome. There's Hemingway.com and Grammarly.com. They have free versions where you can literally cut and paste an article, a piece of content, and it will give you sort of, uh, you know, tips and tricks. It's like if something's off, it'll catch those things most of the time. So do that so you can put your best foot forward. And then the other thing, if you're a writer, copywriter goes or whatever, then just be a writer. And position yourself in such a way that you are talking about yourself, not that I want to do this. Say, I am. I am a writer. I do this because the people that ultimately will hire you, they just, they want to have the confidence that you have confidence in your own abilities, right? That you're already doing this. Everyone has to start somewhere, but now it's like, especially if you've published content, yeah, you're a writer. If you've written something, you're already a writer. So just go with that. You know, it's not lying. It's just, this is what I am. It's really about promoting your destiny, not selling your history, right? It's like, this is, this is who I am. I'm a writer. And know that also you can tweak that as you go. If you find that, wow, I've started this path of writing and I don't know that that's right. You can kind of come back and find something that better aligns with sort of your skill set and your interest. I appreciate that. And I have a post called 8 billion rungs, I think it was, because the idea was that there's, if there's 8 billion people in the world and I'm rounding, if you want to be a basketball player, okay, let's say LeBron James is at the top of that 8 billion. Well, there's a whole bunch way below you too in basketball or in writing or in whatever. And so at what point are you considered this thing? And if it's what you love and what you're going to stick with, then you can call yourself mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Right. For sure. Always. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I do have a question that ties into one of your Forbes articles about uh, the idea of as much as this podcast is evergreen, COVID happened coronavirus time is on everyone's mind, working from home, a whole whack load of change. And for people, it may not be, uh, you know, ghostwriting, it may not be writing at all, it might be starting a candle business. But there are a lot of people at home who realize that, oh my gosh, having a boss and having an employer didn't work anyways. So I might as well try something on my own. What would just be kind of like if you left them with one last thing or some kind of tips that came to mind, if you had a friend that was in that boat of like, I don't want to return to work. If they let me in September, I need to find something out now. Where would you start? I would say you use this time to your advantage. So just start. If you've been thinking about it for any measure of time, put out feelers, do, you know, whatever. If it's a candle business, you know, use, use your time home and in front of social media, let that be your reach. See if there's any interest. Test that. There's no downside other than learning that maybe it's not the right time or it's not the right type of business, or maybe you don't want it as much as you thought you wanted it, right? That's the other thing is to really be clear because sometimes it's the grass is always greener. And so if we start doing this and go, 
oh, actually, I don't really want that. So ask yourself, you know, what do I want? And then, you know, okay, what can I do to help move me in that direction, move the needle in that direction? And if we look at it that way, that you can use your time wisely and be intentional with it to test out and to try something new, to kind of step out of your comfort zone and to stop hiding, right? You know, now's the time that you can do it. So um, I would say take advantage of it and just try. Take one small action. You know, that's all it takes is just to kind of start. Clearly, that's why I named my digital guys uh, just tries because it's like I just wanted to be in the name to just remind people that's all that's all we can do in terms of trying things. I know you have at least a book and you are a soon to be novelist, as it says, <laughs> in the yes. Internet world. Uh, what does that mean? What What exists that people could read right now? And where are you headed with that? So two very different projects. Um, the book that's already published, I, I co-authored with my friend uh, Bruce Kasanoff, and it's called I Am. And it's really about mindfulness. And the way that we we wrote this in tandem, kind of back and forth, each, each writing a passage. So it's a book of, I forget how many, but all of the passages begin with the words I am. And they are designed to kind of help you step back take a minute to read them and sort of reflect and take you out of the busyness so you can kind of think about what's next for you and sort of those possibilities. And again, like erasing those negative stories in your head and allowing you to create your own sort of I am statements. So the way that we've written the physical book is that each every other page has a passage on it. And on the opposite side of the page from the passage is a blank page. So it's, you can write in it. It almost becomes, it's, there's not a linearness to it. You can flip the book open to anything. And I will do this. I will flip my own book open and see, well, what is today's little passage going to say to me? And somehow it resonates. Somehow it's like, hmm, I needed to read that. And they vary and they're, they're more kind of ethereal nature. Um, they're not, they're not literal. We're not literal. It's, it's really, it's more narrative and kind of a different type of writing from my Forbes articles. It's not business related in that way, but it makes you think, and it's designed to help you kind of unlock the possibilities and take that break because so many of us are in this busy, 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 and um, sort of press the pause button. So that's been published already. Um, the novel, and thank you, now I'm accountable too, is that yes, I have been and I'm working on my first novel, which is a psychological thriller, because all the stuff that I love about people and people fascinate me and the way they behave and what makes them tick, all that stuff will factor into my characters that I'm putting into place here. And I kind of, if you're familiar with Brené Brown um, and what she's about. So I would say that this is sort of Brené Brown meets Dan Brown and kind of a fast sort of moving thing and a lot of things happening and converging at the end. So um, it's in process, certainly. Uh, it, it lets me stretch my creative wings and there's a story in my head that I've been trying to get out. So this is a way for me to leave my comfort zone and push myself out there and uh, see what happens. I have very much heard of Brené Brown. I think <laughs> that a lot of her work is influencing my work. And uh, when you spoke about vulnerability earlier, it made me think that we could do another couple episodes of this podcast. So we'll leave it for now. <laughs> if we ever have a chance to talk Brene Brown, then we will. Um, or your own journey in helping other people and mine, helping other people achieve vulnerability. Mm -hmm. If you were to leave advice for the next generation, you're leaving one piece of advice for your kids, what would it be? I mean, the, the best advice I'd like to give is just two words. Um, stop hiding. So that means a lot of different things to different people. People that are hearing this now will be like, oh, yeah. So either, you know, step out into who you're meant to be or stop being passive in your own life. You know, stop hiding, get out there and just start. Right. Just try. So that's I, I say that to myself. It was said to me. And it's like I said, it's like the best two words of advice I've ever received. So I always like to share that and pass that along. Oh, that's perfect. What's one thing that you yourself are learning right now? Learning more as much as I feel like I've made strides in self-awareness and, you know, I'm evolved human being. There's still stuff that I realize that, oh, no, I missed the mark on that. So, you know, that I am perfectly imperfect and that's OK as long as I have the desire and willingness to always be a lifelong learner and get to know myself better and be mindful of how I move through the world. If uh, you were to ask me a question now that you think would help bring clarity, it's a good word, uh, to my audience, or if you had some kind of curiosity that my answering could help bring clarity to what I'm doing, what would a question be that you would ask? Say, what is the one thing you can do right now to help move you closer to what you want? 
besides hire you? (laughs) (laughs) I think my quick answer is just reevaluating definite priorities because I recognize that it can't do everything. And I'm the dreamer type, right? So either that or partnering with someone who's less the dreamer type and more the let's follow this project management steps. That's definitely on my to-do list is to figure out how to make a better to-do list. Not so much a to-do list because I have the priorities set, right? How am I spending my minutes when they're valuable? Well, thank you. Uh, I just want to say that I appreciate your time. Um, It's uh, so helpful. All of the things that you said will help not only youth, but adults, anyone really listening to anything that you put into the world. I'm sure it would help them a lot. Is there any last thoughts or anything that you think maybe we forgot that you would like to leave people with? The thing that I, we've said a lot of things about clarity and, you know, kind of intentionality, I think is, you know, if you make a conscious choice to use social media and the way you move through the world in a positive manner, you are going to magnify your impact far more than if you choose an alternative path of negativity and fear and hate. So I would encourage everyone to, despite circumstances, despite kind of anything that's been thrown your way, you know, leading with love and kind of staying positive is going to inspire and attract the right kind of people and energy into your world. So I would encourage everyone to do that. Or not using social media. I think that's an interesting thing. A lot of people right now, I can't believe it's not a high school course yet. Speaking of learning, mm-hmm. how to use it appropriately and properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is how to use it appropriately and properly, which is great. Um, so where and why could people find you online? Uh, they can visit my website, which is amyblashka.com. And then I'm on all pretty much all the social stuff, um, primarily on LinkedIn. I am also on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook a little less so. My daughters will not allow me to be on TikTok because they're fear that I'm going to you know, embarrass them. So I've stayed. I have an account, but nobody knows. I'm just sort of lurking there, but primarily on the other channel. So uh, uh, I would say LinkedIn, primarily Twitter and a little Instagram if you want to find me. I recommend they do. You just made me think of something funny though. Given that you're a ghostwriter, you could easily ghostwrite for yourself and you could just have some kind of caricature up there or something other than yourself. What's funny is that they won't let you on there, but that happened with Facebook, happened with Instagram, happened with everything. So I will say they won't let you on there yet. Yeah, I could I could just put up a pseudonym or something. But yeah, but this is the thing. I write so much for other people. When I write, I want people to know that it's from me. So I want to be authentic and true to my voice and, and share that as much as possible. Of course. Well, you're a great writer. I look forward to consuming more of your content, learning more and being inspired. So thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me, Justin. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, the more people that tune in, the more people we can help. So please do pass this along. Thank you to our guest, Amy. She's an amazing role model for anyone looking to go after their own dreams. It is our goal to have this in every school in the world, so please do subscribe, leave a review, but most importantly, pass it on to someone who could benefit from the show. Until the next episode of The Learned Podcast, all the best, and remember, just keep learning.